Well, good morning, Frontline Church. Good morning, family of God. It's my privilege to be with you online this morning, and I welcome you all in the name and the reason we gather together. His name is Jesus, and the reason is Jesus. We gather as a church online this morning, not as a ritual or just to kill some time on a Sunday morning. We set this time aside for the one who deserves all blessing and honor and glory. And yes, you've guessed it right. His name is Jesus. Some trust in chariots and some trust in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. We don't gather without purpose. We gather to bring praise and honor to the one who is purpose, who is life, and who is the Almighty. So come, let us adore him this morning as we study his life-changing word together and draw closer to him. Let's pray together and commit this time to our amazing God. Father God, we gather as your church today, and we commit this time to honor you with our attention and our affection. Lord, would you open up our spiritual eyes and ears to hear your truth today, and would you allow this truth to refine us and change us so that we can draw closer to your thoughts, to your ways, and to you. Lord, there is so much distraction and confusion in the world at the moment, and there is little that makes sense. But we surrender our right to know it all and to have all the answers. We surrender it to you and we allow you to use us as you will. Lord, it is our desire that we would get to that place, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting and plans to bring fear. But rather speaking the truth in love, may we grow up in all things into him who is the head, Jesus Christ. We pray this in his wonderful name. Amen and amen. Well, family, it's good to be with you this morning. And today, I want to carry on from where Pastor Ronell left off last week. And as you would have seen by the title of my message today, I want to speak to you today specifically about being anchored even when nothing seems to make sense. Anchored when nothing makes sense. We find ourselves in a season where very little makes sense, right? And there are so many uncertainties. And because of this, for most of us, most of us if not all of us, we find ourselves in a mindset and a behavior where we don't know what step to take next. Because more than ever before, we don't know what tomorrow holds. Everything that seemed to make sense before doesn't make sense anymore. And some of us have even put our dreams on hold because we have lost hope in the future. And mostly because of circumstances that are out of our control. Yes, we do make decisions that affect our future, but at the moment, there's very little that we control. When I was preparing the message this week, I was reminded of a story that I heard about a bricklayer, someone that, that lays bricks. And the story goes that this bricklayer had too many bricks on top of a building that he was working on. 
So he decided to retrieve them and bring them down to the ground. He went up onto the roof, which was about four levels up, and he put a yard arm, arm out from the roof, which is like a type of pulley. And he tied a rope to it and hoisted a barrel to the roof. He loaded the barrel with the extra bricks. He then went down to the ground and untied the rope. At that moment, he realized that a barrel full of bricks is heavier than a man. So when the bricks started rushing down, he started rushing up. You see, he made a mistake. He forgot to let go of the rope. He held on it until it was too late. And so halfway up, the barrel hit him on the shoulder and gave him a severe injury. But he said, I managed to hold on until I reached the top. And then he said, I wedged my fingers inside the pulley. At that time, the barrel hit the ground and the bottom broke out and left all the bricks scattered on the floor, therefore making the barrel lighter than the man. He said, then I started falling down and the barrel started flying up. This time the barrel met him at the shins and gave him another severe injury. But he said, I still managed to hold on until I fell to the ground and hit that pile of sharp cornered bricks. He said, it was only then that I had the presence of mind to let go of the rope, but then the barrel came down and hit me on the head. Talk about a bad day at the office, right? Needless to say, the man applied for a few days off work. Now, church, I think sometimes we feel that way. We're up and we're down. We don't know whether to hold on or to let go. And we're getting hit from every side. This man's problem was easily discerned. Number one, he was not very good at physics. Number two, it was not his brightest moment in his life. And number three, his problem was his problem because, well, he made his problem. But church, let me ask you a question. What do you do when you do nothing wrong? What do you do when you are applying proper principles and nothing seems to make sense and you're still being battered from every end? What do you do when life just doesn't seem to make sense anymore? And church, I'm here to tell you today that just because it seems like nothing makes sense anymore, it doesn't mean that God has gone to sleep and that He has stranded you indefinitely. It's often when things become so dark and so uncertain around us that the, the light and truth of God shines through so much brighter and so much clearer. And today I want us to have a look at a, a few amazing verses in the book of Genesis as we look at some principles that we can apply when life just doesn't seem to make sense. In these verses and chapters, we'll look at the life of Joseph, who was a man of God, who loved God with all of his heart, and yet he found himself in great difficulty. We know the story, right? It started with a dream. He had been sold by his brothers as a slave. He's carried by a caravan down into Egypt. He's bought by a man named Potiphar, and there he is as a slave in Potiphar's household. But Joseph was such, was such a man of integrity and such a man of industry that even as a slave, Potiphar found himself trusting Joseph more and more. And Joseph is rising higher and higher in Potiphar's house until finally 
He's taking care of all the affairs of Mr. Potiphar. Potiphar so trusted Joseph that he said, the only thing I know that I really own is the food in front of me. It's all in Joseph's hands. Joseph was an incredible individual. And even as a slave, God was with him. And he is ascending higher and higher in Potiphar's house. But the Bible tells us that Joseph was a young, handsome man. And Potiphar's wife began to lust after Joseph and try to seduce him. Joseph refused. Potiphar's wife took him by the coat and tried to drag him into bed with her. But he refused with such intensity that he basically ran out of his clothes. He left his coat and escaped. She was so insulted and and embarrassed that she decided that she would get even with this young man. And she began to scream that she had been assaulted. She probably messed up her hair. She perhaps tore her clothing a little bit. Maybe even scratched her own face. I don't know. But she still had Joseph's coat in her hand. And she told other servants of the house that this young man tried to do this terrible, horrible thing to me. When Potiphar came home, it was reported to Potiphar, and Joseph is now thrown into prison. For doing nothing wrong, mind you. But look at what it says in Genesis chapter 39, verses 20 and 21. Joseph's master took him and put him in the prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. But while Joseph was there in the prison, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. The Bible says, but the Lord was with Joseph. And church, today I want to give you some prison principles on how to practice the presence of God even when you're in a dungeon. Even if you're in a prison and it is not your fault. If you take your notes, principle number one, when you're in a situation like this and things don't seem to make sense, church, don't demand to understand. In fact, give up your right to understand. Joseph hadn't sinned against God. Joseph had done absolutely nothing wrong. What Joseph was doing was right. And you know, I can just imagine at this time when Joseph was doing right, When he was serving the Lord with all of his heart and he got thrown into prison and got falsely accused that Satan whispered in Joseph's ear and said to him, where is your God now? What good has it done you to serve this God? And you see church, there's going to come times in your life and mine when nothing seems to make sense. And I'm not saying that you should not try to understand. If difficulty comes your way, try to understand as best as you can. But when it comes to understanding with our finite minds, you know, how much do we really understand? And when I was thinking about this, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 to 6 came to mind. A lot of people have this as their life verse. You know what it says, right? It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding." In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will direct your paths. 
Now notice what it says. It says, lean not on your own understanding. There will be things that you do not understand and do not demand to understand. In Isaiah chapter 50, verse 10 to 11, the prophet Isaiah asked this, this pertinent question. He says, who among you fears the Lord and obeys the word of his servant? Let the one who walks in the dark, who has no light, trust in the name of the Lord and rely on their God. But now, all you who light fires and provide yourselves with flaming torches, go. Walk in the light of your fires and of the torches that you have set ablaze. This is what you shall receive from my hand. You will lie down in torment. Do you know what this passage teaches us? It teaches that you can be serving God, you can be obeying God's word, and still have darkness. Let me read verse 10 again for you. Who among you fears the Lord and obeys the word of his servant? Let the one who walks in the dark, who has no light, trust in the name of the Lord and rely on their God. You see, you can come to a time of perplexity and a time of confusion in your life, a time where you don't understand and you're walking in darkness and yet you have done nothing wrong. And I want to say to you this morning, church, don't get the distorted idea that the Christian life is all joy and sweetness and that you're always going to understand. Sometimes we give the wrong impression when we tell people they need to come to Jesus as if their life, when they come to Jesus, is going to be this ever-ascending scale of joy and light and victory and peace. And they're going to be youthful their whole lives and they're going to live to a ripe old age. They're going to have a perfect family life, right? The business is always going to succeed and they're going to have this amazing exit into heaven. It does not always happen that way. And as you study the Bible, church, you're going to find out that many of God's greatest saints walked in darkness for part of their lives. I'll give you some examples. Job, one of the greatest characters in the Old Testament, lived in a time of darkness and he was confused. He didn't understand. As a matter of fact, he wanted to argue with God. He demanded to understand. And he was wrong when he did it because it was as if, as if he said, you know what, God, you owe me some answers. You could also read about the prophet Habakkuk. Habakkuk, a great prophet, a man of God, could not understand why history was doing what it was doing. And why God was allowing the Chaldeans to get away with all of their sin. And why there was so much violence and so much brutality. I mean, church, have you ever listened to the news or what's transpiring on the different social media platforms and, and thought to yourself, what's going on? When you hear about what's happening in and around the world, when you hear about all the evil that is filtering its way into different parts of society, how much corruption there is in our politics, and when you see something like COVID-19 just sweeping the world and affecting just about everything, we wonder and say, God, where are you? God, why don't you do something? God, I need to understand. The prophet Habakkuk was that way. 
Another example is, is John the Baptist. Jesus said there was not a greater man born of a woman than John the Baptist. He was the one that baptized our Lord Jesus, a mighty prophet. And yet Herod took him and put John the Baptist in prison. John was so perplexed and confused in prison that he began to wonder if Jesus was even the Messiah. Even though he had already proclaimed, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. John the Baptist sent messengers to Jesus saying, Are you really the one who should come? Or should we be looking for someone else? He was at a point in his life where he was perplexed and nothing seemed to make sense. The Apostle Paul, who wrote more books in the New Testament than anybody else, and was probably the greatest Christian who ever lived. When he wrote to the Corinthian church, he said to them, we are perplexed. We are perplexed. You know what that means, right, church? It means we don't understand. Now Job, Habakkuk, John the Baptist, Paul, and you, sir, and you, ma'am, and Ryan, and all of the rest of us, are going to come to times in our lives when life will not make sense. And if for some reason you think today that life is always going to make sense and life is always going to run smoothly, you are going to be in emotional and spiritual turmoil. This passage of scripture that we read in Isaiah chapter 50 that says, Let the one who walks in the dark, who has no light, trust in the name of the Lord and rely on their God. Listen to me this morning, church. The darkness can never put out the light. Never. Which means if there is no light, it's only because the light has been withdrawn. The darkness does not have the power to chase it away. And if you're in darkness this morning, that does not mean that the devil has prevailed. If God has taken away the light, then you just simply trust God and do not demand to understand. If there is darkness, you can at least say this, that God has allowed it. There are some things that we are not meant to understand. Joseph did not understand what God was up to until finally you get to the end of Genesis in chapter 50. And you'll find out that what happened to Joseph was a part of a great mosaic that God was working on and putting together. And he's doing the same thing in my life and your life. But listen to what the Bible says now in Isaiah chapter 55, verse 8 and 9. It says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Now, church, how much higher are God's thoughts and his ways than ours? Can you tell me? You can't, right? As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. In other words, infinitely different. And church, just because it does not make sense to you, it doesn't mean that it doesn't make sense. And just because it doesn't make sense now, that does not mean it will not make sense later on. Maybe not now. But in the coming years, it may make sense. 
It may even be once we cross over into glory that we will understand the meaning of our tears and the perplexities of life. So the first principle when life doesn't seem to make sense, don't demand to understand. Try to understand if you can, but give up your right to understand everything. Principle number two, church, don't fade at being faithful. Don't fade at being faithful. Let's pick up our scripture in Genesis chapter 39 again. Reading again from verse 20. Joseph's master took him and put him in prison. The place where the king's prisoners were confined. But while Joseph was there in prison, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. So the warden put Joseph in charge of all those held in the prison, and he was made responsible for all that was done there. The warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. Now remember, church, here's a man who actually for doing good is thrown into prison. But instead of him just sitting there and sulking about it, instead of him doing that and feeling sorry for himself, he continues to serve the Lord. He continues to be faithful. He continues to be a man of integrity and a man of industry. And there in the prison, in a time of darkness, and a time of persecution, he is serving God. Because you'll see that in the next chapter, you're going to find him witnessing to the cupbearer and to the baker who have also been thrown into prison. And here's a man who is in prison himself, but he could still put his arms around these pagans and kindle in their pagan hearts, church, a knowledge of the one and only true God. And the point being this, even when Joseph could not understand, he was not a fair with a Christian. He did not begin to part and storm out. He did not get angry with God. He did not lose his faith. And church, even when it doesn't make sense, continue to serve the Lord. Keep singing. Keep praying. Keep giving. Keep witnessing. And keep submitting. Joseph did, and the Bible says that God was with him. When it doesn't make sense to you, number one, don't demand to understand. Number two, don't fade at being faithful. And principle number three, don't bow to bitterness. Don't get bitter. In Genesis chapter 40, Joseph is now talking to the cupbearer. The cupbearer has been cast into prison, but now he's going to be finding his way out. And Joseph knows that because he's a cupbearer, he's going to serve in the presence of Pharaoh. And perhaps he can speak favor on his behalf. And here's what he said, verse 14. But when all goes well with you, remember me and show me kindness. Mention me to Pharaoh and get me out of this prison. I was forcibly carried off from the land of the Hebrews, and even here I have done nothing to deserve being put in a dungeon. He says to him, listen, when things turn around for you, put in a good word for me. I have done nothing wrong, and 
man, I'd like to get out of this prison. But church, as you, re- as you read this, you'll notice what a marvelous and excellent spirit Joseph had. As you read this, there's not a trace of bitterness or, or complaint that is found here. It's remarkable because he doesn't even mention the name, names of his brothers that sold him into slavery. He doesn't even mention Potiphar's wife. Potiphar's name isn't mentioned at all. He's content to leave them with God. Now, church, when things go wrong, when you're serving God and you're even punished for serving God, don't get bitter. Because if you don't get bitter, that pleases the Lord. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 20 to 21 says, Of course you get no credit for being patient if you are beaten for doing wrong. But if you suffer for doing good and endure it patiently, God is pleased with you. For God called you to do good even if it means suffering, just as Christ suffered for you. He is your example and you must follow in his steps. What a great verse for us as Christians to hold on to. And what a great verse to describe the life of Joseph. And church, we need to be very, very careful about this matter of bitterness. Because you're going to find yourself not only dropping out when things don't make sense, but if you're not careful, you're going to get very, very bitter. And you know what? Bitter people are not nice people to be around. And if you and I are not careful... We can start to think, you know what, I'm doing all these many things for people. I'm serving people. I'm, I'm serving in the ministry. I'm standing here every Sunday preaching the Word of God, and people don't appreciate what I'm doing. And you know, church, if you look to people to supply your needs, if you look to people to recognize your worth, you are going to be disappointed in life, and you're going to end up being bitter after a while. One of the greatest tests of life is not how you react when you're punished for doing good, but how you react when you are persecuted for doing right. Joseph had done right and he was still persecuted. But there is not a shred of bitterness in the life of Joseph. Why? Because God was with him. And one of the reasons God was with him was because of the attitude that he had. Now, number four, when you don't understand, when life doesn't make sense, principle number four, don't be unwilling to wait. Do not be unwilling to wait. God will bring you out in his time. In Genesis chapter 40, even though Joseph pleaded with a cupbearer to put in a good word for him, he said to him, when you get back into the presence of Pharaoh, remember me. But now here is Joseph still suffering and and languishing in prison. And the cupbearer forgets him. And anyway, time passes. Then eventually you go down to Genesis chapter 41. And Joseph was 30 years old when he stood before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. All of this time. This boy who had been sold into slavery as a 17-year-old. is there year after year after year. Time is passing. And many of those years he spent in prison. And the principle here, church, is when you don't understand, don't get hasty. Don't become anxious. 
Don't become impatient. Wait on the Lord and He will deliver you. I want you to believe that today. Psalm chapter 37 verse 5 to 9 says, Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in Him and He will do this. He will make your righteous reward shine like the dawn. Your vindication like the noonday sun. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways when they carry out their wicked schemes. Refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret. It leads only to evil. For those who are evil will be destroyed, but those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. Church, right throughout Scripture, we are told to wait upon the Lord. When you don't understand, don't be unwilling to wait. It's like the pastor that said to another pastor, he said, you know what, I didn't realize that this calling would be so hard. I didn't realize that I would have to sacrifice so much. And he said, I don't really understand what I'm supposed to be doing Sunday after Sunday. And he said, I know that God put me here. I just wonder if he remembers where he put me. God knows where you are. The very hairs of your head are numbered. Another good scripture for us to hold on to in uncertain times is found in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6 to 7. It says, Humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand, and he will lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Church, God has his schedule. When you don't understand, don't demand to understand. Don't fade at being faithful. Don't bow to bitterness and church, don't be unwilling to wait. God is never late, but he's also never ahead of time. God is always on time. Let me give you one more principle before we close. Principle number five. When you don't understand, when life doesn't seem to make sense, don't let your dreams disappear. Don't let your dreams disappear. Joseph had a dream. That dream was given to him when he was a, a teenage boy. And that dream was that one day the world's resources and the world's rulers would be at his feet. His brothers thought it was a foolish dream, but I want you to look now in chapter 41 and we'll see what happened when God was in control. And I'm going to skip a lot of material for time's sake. But just remember this, that Joseph is now out of prison. He's exalted and he has become the prime minister of Egypt. Verse 37. The plan seemed good to Pharaoh and to all his officials. So Pharaoh asked them, can we find anyone like this man, one in whom is the Spirit of God? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Since God has made all this known to you, there is no one so discerning and wise as you. You shall be in charge of my palace, and all are to submit to your orders. Only with respect to the throne will I be greater than you. So Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of 
of the whole land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh took his signet ring and put it on his finger and put it on Joseph's finger. He dressed him in robes of fine linen and put a gold chain around his neck. He had him ride in a chariot at his, as his second in command, and people shouted before him, Make way. Thus he put him in charge of the whole land of Egypt. This was the dream that Joseph had so many years before. It was a God-given dream, and Joseph didn't forget it, and God didn't forget it. And church, I don't know who first said this, but a wise man once said, and it's probably the greatest statement you'll ever hear. He said, don't doubt in the dark what God has showed you in the light. Yes, darkness will come, but don't doubt in the dark what God has showed you in the light. God did not fail Joseph. And I want to hear what I'm about to tell you. God will not fail you. Did you hear that, church? God didn't fail Joseph, and God will not fail you. And I want you to know today that despite what's going on in our world, despite what we face in this, this pandemic called COVID-19, I want you to know today that COVID-19 is not your dream killer. It is your dream builder. It is your dream builder. It may be very dark in your life right now, but God is still on the throne and God is still in control. Don't let your dreams disappear. Because there is coming a day when God is going to make everything right. Don't lose your faith even when it doesn't make sense to you. And just because it doesn't make sense now, it does not mean it will not make sense one day. What you and I need to do is continue to serve Jesus. Never quit. Never give up. Give Him your heart and give Him your life. And don't ever, ever, ever lose your dream. And I want to say to you today, if you don't have a dream, get one. It's always too soon to quit, but never too late to start. Church, when you don't understand, when life doesn't seem to make sense, don't demand to understand. Don't fade at being faithful. Don't bow to bitterness. Be unwilling to wait. And don't let your dreams disappear. Let's remain anchored in the season. And let's wait upon the Lord and He will renew your strength and He will finish what He started in your life.